0: I'm Rod Serling. You're listening to The Zero Hour.
1: Rest your eyes. Exercise your imagination. This week, Stanton Forbes' bizarre retrospective tale of entanglement. If two of them were dead... Starring Earl Holloway, Catherine Burns, and Nina Foch as Sister Love. In Elliot Lewis's production of The Zero Hour.
2: The Mutual Broadcasting System presents The Zero Hour, sponsored in part by Quaker State and Ford. This is The Zero Hour on Mutual
3: Radio.
1: This week, our story takes place in Midwest America, the Depression years. A lonely farmhouse in which three people come together under desperate circumstances. We are about to meet teenage Dorcas Kimball, her malformed leg a symbol of her bitter life of loneliness and deprivation. Joe John Plunkett, a young hobo, cynical beyond his years, resigned to empty days and nights of aimless wandering... His only goals in life, his next bed, his next meal. And the beautiful evangelist, Sister Magdalene Love, filled with godly zeal and cold, worldly ambition. Three people joined by fate in an old house already occupied by violence and sudden death. Their story, if two of them are dead, begins after this word.
4: I may be. But still I'm a man turn turned 18 And I'll do what I can to find me a place
0: Where I can be me Get ready for life To
5: be free and free. Oh where do I go from here Oh where do I go from here I'm finished
4: with school But what lies ahead Don't want to get back Want to feel free and dead All over the world
3: What Where do I go from here? Where do I go from here?
5: What about the new navy, you'll get your chance at success, learn an exciting job and see the world. Call toll free 800-841-8000 or see your navy recruiter.
6: Be someone special in the new navy.
1: A freight car is crossing a dusty stretch of lonely farmland. Suddenly, the dark silhouette of a man hurdles the train, dropping hard into the sharp cinders of the railroad. The man gets to his feet, slaps the dust from his clothes finds where his bundle has landed and picks it up. The bundle contains all the man's worldly possessions, an extra shirt, some underwear and socks, a straight-edged razor and a worn leather case, and a small packet of letters addressed to Joe John Plunkett. At this moment, Joe John Plunkett is a hungry man. And a hungry man is ready to do just about anything
7: to put some food in his belly. This Plunkett look all right. I could see that at a glance. At second glance, anyway. At first, when I saw that big tent flapping in the wind in the field across the road, I thought, Carnival. Rides and games, work and food. But uh uh-uh. Soul food's what it turned out to be. Soul food for suckers. A revival meeting tent. People with nothing to put in their stomachs must be sitting ducks for some Bible thumper. Well, you deliver me. Dog. You're a stranger. Everywhere you go, dogs are poison. Probably take a hunk out of my own pair of pants. Oh. Get away, you little mutt.
8: Tippy? Come back here, Tippy.
7: Yeah, Tippy. Be a good pooch at Amscray, will you?
4: Tippi? and ham
7: scrapey. Tippy? Take her with you. I'm not in the mood for conversation with the farmer's daughter or anything else. Especially some skinny little
8: I'm sorry about Tippy. But she won't hurt you. She just likes to bark. Little dogs are like that. They think they gotta stand up to anything that moves.
7: Yeah, well, I was just moving on.
8: Walking all the way into town. You looking for work? Are you hungry? Yeah. I'm
7: hungry. do for it. Something I could see up with the look of her. Edgy and eager. I've seen people who look like that before. They wanted something bad.
8: You any good with a jigsaw? Uh, building things with your hands?
7: I don't plan on settling down here.
8: You see them things over there? Little painted windmills and wooden statues of Uncle Sam? My pa makes them to sell. Only he took six. Tuberculosis. You have to go to a sanitarium. I need somebody to make some more. And it's too hard. And, and you have a place to sleep and something in your stomach. I don't cook so bad. How old are you? Seventeen.
7: What happened to your leg?
8: Infantile paralysis. But it don't hold me back now.
7: You're all alone in the place with your paw gone?
8: That's right. I need somebody to help me. Just for a little while. You don't have to stay long. was right. It was crazy taking in a strange tramp off the road. And looking into his face, I could see there was violence in him. Only for a second back there when he asked me about my leg, I felt generous too. And a violent, gentleman's man's just what I need. Anyway, I can't stand being alone no more. with Pa not here. Reckon I don't know your name.
7: Joe John Plunkett.
8: Mine's Dorcas. Dorcas Kimball. Where are you folks? Dead. And if
7: questions come with this job, forget it.
8: I was just being friendly. Ain't had nobody to talk to all two for two old days now.
0: <laughs>
8: Pitt Tip Tippy, of course. <laughs> Shut up, Tippy. This here's Joe John Plunkett. He's come to help. I cook a meal pretty good, don't I?
7: Well, a man has starves, no judge.
8: Never got no word out of Pa about my cooking either. He was always too lickered up. Where's your ma? Dead a long time. Uh, I'll go out and take a look at things in your
7: Pa's workshop. See what I can do.
8: You've been to lots of places, I expect. A few... Ever been to Hollywood or New York? Places like that. No. Hollywood's got palm trees and sunshine. All pink and gold is the way I see
7: Hollywood. Yeah. Well, I was never in any pink and gold cities. New York is silver and black velvet. All the cities I've ever seen were the same color. Gray. I'm going out to the workshop. I'll eat you the price of one square mill at least.
8: I guess you've seen the revival meeting tent down the road. I saw it. I don't want you to do no work in my p- pa's workshop.
7: What do you want me to do?
8: Take me to the revival meeting tonight. Want to see Sister Love. I
7: remember when it on the sign outside the tent. Tonight's service, there will be a special call for the lame and the halt. It's funny, I'd forgotten about her leg. I didn't suppose she ever forgot it. Only I didn't see me escorting a cripple to a hallelujah meeting. I'd like to have upchucked the whole damn supper and canceled all debts. Brother, you got into debt so easy, and there was nobody to remind you how hard it is to pay. Nobody. Nobody.
8: I want to see Sister Love. Sister Love? What, a lady advances? I've seen her picture. She's beautiful.
7: And you think she can make your leg hold again?
8: I didn't say that.
7: You're crippled. You may as well learn to live with it.
8: I am, ain't I? He couldn't hurt me. didn't matter what he said. I was just so glad he was here. I wasn't alone anymore. just sitting and thinking about everything over and over. The thought about going to the church meeting, I hadn't planned that at all. I just seen the lights gone over at the tent. Seen them when he opened the back door to go out. They put the lights on nearly to attract people. And the thought just came to me like it was printed inside my head. Go to church and ask forgiveness.
0: morning,
5: Mr. Thompson. Sure is cold this morning. Cold? It must be 94 in the shade. I mean it's cold inside your car's engine. Well,
6: why didn't you say so? You didn't ask. Well, just tell me
5: how my engine can be cold on a sweltering day. Glad you asked. When you start a car first thing in the morning, your engine is cold. Well, that's true, but so what? A cold engine does a bad job of burning gas. It can make soot, dirt, and acids form in your motor oil. And they can sure damage an engine. What can I do about it? Glad you asked. Instead of asking for my cheapest oil, you can start using a quality motor oil, Quaker Steak. Nothing finer than Quaker Steak. It's made scientific to neutralize acids and to hold solids suspended so they don't gouge out your engine. Well, thanks for telling me, Caleb. Down the court, Mr. Thompson. Quaker State? Well, yes. Why didn't you give me Quaker State before? You didn't ask. Quaker State, your car to keep
6: it running young. We'll return to our story in a moment. You're 17, 18. You've graduated from high school. You want to make something of yourself. But you don't have that something to make it with, like money for four years of college. What do you do? Well, you don't need four years of college to get a good job. Today, there's a crying need for technicians in exciting fields like oceanography, electronic data processing, health service, environmental control, forestry, and many others. Technicians earn twice the salary of the average high school graduate. Some even make more than four-year college graduates. All you need is a year or two of technical training. To learn how you can become a technician, send for our free booklet. It's called 25 Technical Careers. Write Careers, Washington, D.C., 20202. If you can't afford four years of college, write Careers, Washington, D.C., 20202. And make something of yourself.
7: What a strange little girl. Asking a whole lot of questions, offering answers I couldn't quite believe. And then when she was saying nothing at all, just staring out from behind those green, green eyes. You thinking about your pa dying? What? You had a look on your face. He could, you know. Tuberculosis is serious, isn't it?
8: Yes. Only there's something worse than pa dying. It's how he wasted his life. Drinking and ending up in a place like this. You never got anything from living. How do you know? I know.
7: So, okay. I'm going to take the woodcarver's daughter over to get blessed for the lady evangelist. Well, there wasn't a hell of a lot to ask. The meal wasn't that great, but to a hungry man, it was ambrosia. Ambrosia. There's a word. That's one of my mother's words. How'd a woman who used words like ambrosia ever get mixed up with somebody like my old man? <laughs> That's your tough. A real riding bump. Ambrosia was a worthless hunk of language and a tramp like me was a worthless hunk of humanity. I think my dress is okay. I never thought of the Lord as caring much about what people
8: wore. Anyway, it's the only decent thing I got. It's okay with you if I wash out my shirt. Sure, you can hang it on the clothesline out in back. There's clothespins in the bag.
7: I'll wear my good spare. I don't figure the Lord is fussy, but maybe your sister love is. <laughs> well, it was hard to believe. A deserted town I'd seen earlier was now alive with humanity. There was even a string of cars and trucks backed up along the road. Their headlights formed an arrow pointing the way to sister love and salvation. Every night I watched them come. So many
0: people.
7: There'll be some places down in front. If you want a place to sit, you better get inside. Come on, people are always strange about sitting in the first row. You want to see her good, don't you? Come on. Welcome, Mrs. Love.
8: Thank you. Read your pamphlet. It tells you all about the legend of Sister Magdalene Love.
7: I'll wait and see her for myself. Looking around, I thought I was already seeing that old lady with the faded blue eyes waving a paper fan into her flushed face. And the young man stumbling down the aisle on crutches. And the women in wheelchairs and the men hobbling on canes and all the others. (laughs) They were the lame and the halt. Broken in body and twisted in soul. Illuminated across above the stage had just come on. A double line of young women in purple dresses wow, and solemn faced young men in shiny white suits and purple bow ties filed under it in precise formation. I had the feeling the Munster show was about to begin when a white bearded man in a white satin tuxedo made his entrance. He looked like the interlocutor.
8: Look, there's Brother Love. It says in their pamphlet, he's her uncle. Both her parents are killed in the bus wreck down in Tennessee, and Sister Love prophesied it before it happened.
3: Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Sister Love welcomes you, and let us return her welcoming prayer, the prayer that will shape the heavens. Let us pray. And now, our brothers and sisters, I hear, oh, yes, I hear, sister love is coming. Enter, sister love, love, enter. While we are held in thine embrace, there's not a thought attempts to rove. Each smile upon thy beauteous face fixes and charms and fires our love.
7: So that was Sister Magdalene, Love. Her face like carved ivory, Violet eyes. And red-gold hair like a halo of flame around her head. Standing tall and queen-like in a flowing purple robe. But you know, it was the expression in her face that held you. Now that was a look you knew you'd never forget.
4: Brothers and sisters, let us pray! Lord, how secure and blessed are they who feel the joys of pardon? sin. Should storms of wrath shake earth and see their minds have heaven and peace within. Amen. 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 We see all their heads made up of innocence and love and soft and silent as the shades Their nightly minutes gently move. Amen. Like worms and moles lie groveling in the dust below. As you know, we have been in this place of Sodom and Gomorrah for five nights now. And each evening, we welcome lost
0: sheep back into the fold.
7: Even Dorcas lifted her head and turned around sharply. The man was sitting across the aisle in the road just behind us. He was big and rough-looking, unshaven, and plainly drunk.
0: Sister Law was staring
7: down at him. The look in her eyes seemed to grow softer instead of hard.
4: Yes, Look, Sister Love's coming down off the
7: stage. Walking like a queen, Magdalene Love came down that aisle toward that heckler. The big man staggered to his feet. Let
4: me help you, brother! And
7: that's when it happened. As Sister Love reached out to the man, he drew back his arm to hit her. Now, I was sure he was gonna hit her, and that's why I did it. I bolted from my seat, I shoved Sister Love out of the way, and I sent that drunk crash into the floor Shut of the
0: hall. No! As soon as I did
7: it, I knew I'd made a mistake. Oh, boy, a bad mistake. When you're a stranger in a place, as one will remember. Never do anything to call attention to yourself.
3: It always means trouble. And right
7: about then, I knew I'd gotten me some... some big trouble. Looking for a car that's
2: easy on gas, easy to buy, and yet has the luxury you want in a car? Look what
0: we got. I must say, look what we've done.
2: Mustang 2. It's the all new economical car from Ford. The right car at the right time. Built even smaller than the original Mustang. It has an easy on the gas four cylinder engine, rack and pinion steering, tachometer, four speed transmission, plus a beautifully appointed interior. All standard. Luxury plus economy. That's Mustang 2. Mustang 2, 28 excluding dealer prep. Destination charges, title, and taxes. See your local Ford dealer. The Zero Hour continues after this.
8: Where does today's girl learn to be tomorrow's woman? At the movies? <laughs> On television?
6: Helen, darling, your floors are so shiny.
8: Yes,
4: John. I used brand X polish just this morning.
6: Brand X. Helen, will you marry me?
8: Somewhere, between the super sex symbol of today's commercialism and TV's Brand X image, impending womanhood is alive and well. And where is that somewhere? Wherever there are campfire girls. Reaches the girl reaching out for tomorrow and puts a promise before her: the promise of personal development, of friends and fun, the promise of womanhood. Campfire takes today's girl to tomorrow. I was right about the violence in Joe John. Well, he jumped up and clubbed that man. It don't happen so fast. Joe, John, you all right? Just sit back
7: down, Dorcas. Everything's okay. It's a bad habit of mine. But anyway,
8: I got no business. He's taking that man away. He's as liquid up as my power was.
3: Now, now, everything is all right, brothers and sisters. Now, just return to your seats and let us pray for that unfortunate sinner. Now, those of you whose bodies are tortured and maimed, but who wish to cleanse and purify your souls... Come forward that Sister Love may lay her hands upon you and give you the healing of her blessing. Ye he sons of
4: men of feeble race, exposed to every snare, come make the Lord your dwelling place and try and trust his care.
7: This is what you came here for, isn't it? Aren't you going up there?
0: No. And come on, let's get out of here.
5: Ah, there you are, boy. I've been waiting for you.
7: It was that fat deputy who'd taken the drunk away. Well, I knew I was in trouble. Every time I move, I'm in trouble.
8: What's your name, boy? Joe John Plunkett. Where do you live? We live just up the road.
1: Oh, you, uh, related?
8: We're cousins. First cousins. Joe John just came to stay a while with me and my pa.
1: You're pretty good with your fists, ain't you, Joe
7: John? Uh, well, not so good. I just took him by surprise. You know, he was drunk. I thought he was going to hit her. I want to thank you, brother. She came out of the shadows behind us with a burning halo around her head. Her voice thanking me sounded soft and sincere, only I caught a glint of something else in those wild eyes of hers. Something that told me she hated my guts for what I'd just done.
8: There's no way the deputy can find out I was lying, even if he comes around asking more questions.
7: He might get to wondering where your paw is. Well, I'll just
8: explain to him about the sanitarium, that's all.
7: And what if he decided to check up on that?
8: He won't. Sister Love told him to leave you be, and you heard her. She even sent Brother Love to get that drunk out of jail.
7: Yeah. Sister Love seems to be overflowing with Brother Love, all right.
8: So you can stay here as long as you want now, and you won't get in any trouble. Well, I can use a good night's sleep.
0: <laughs> I'll go
8: there for her. I was just thinking, maybe you'd like something to drink first. There's some of my pa's home, bro in the cyclone fella.
7: Well, I could use a drink for sure.
8: I'll get you the flashlight.
7: I was still trying to figure Dorcas Kimball out. Now, whatever it was she wanted out of me, she was still leading up to it.
8: Here, you can go down and bring up as much as you want.
7: I sure didn't need that flashlight outside. The moon was full and the stars looked like they went on forever. I crossed the yard to the cellar door. It was so heavy, I wondered how dark as ever managed to open it. See, the cellar was dark. I turned on the flashlight and started down. and then I saw what Dorcas Kimball had sent me down here to find. The dead body of her paw You are
2: listening to Mutual's presentation of The Zero Hour.
8: I was in South Korea with the Peace Corps. We were the first rural health program in Korea. Well, uh, what a lot of us did was to go around and check to see if there was a TB patient in the house. A lot of these people had never, ever had any kind of medical attention at all. I I, I remember um, one case, she was in pain, she was in real pain, and a doctor examined her and became very concerned. And he told us later that had she not come in, she would have died. I was very, very proud. <laughs> know, but um you you've probably heard this and you'll hear it again and again from volunteers. The volunteer himself gets more out of it than he actually gives to, to the people who's supposed to be helping.
6: Volunteer for the Peace Corps. The Peace Corps is one part of action. <laughs> action is doing something. There is something you can do. Get into action. Get
5: into Here's a tip from your better business bureau. Spring and summer are the seasons when most people plan vacations and they go flying off all over the place. And, of course, they bring back a peck of precious pictures. Many camera stores are beginning to paste notices to their counters, warning people that airline security measures may ruin photographic film in checked baggage. Some anti-hijacking devices used to check baggage for possible concealed weapons utilize x-rays, which will fog your film whether or not it's been exposed. Therefore, one of the best ways to protect film while traveling is to place it in a strong, clear plastic bag and hand-carry it. Even though the film may be clearly visible in the bag, make sure that the airline boarding personnel are aware of the film so that it isn't accidentally subjected to x-rays. This has been a consumer tip
1: from your Better Business Bureau. Tomorrow at this time, rest your eyes and listen here to this week's continuing study in suspense. If two of them are dead,
2: I'm Rod Serling. Brought to you in part by Quaker State and Ford. This
6: is The Zero Hour on Mutual Radio.
2: You have been listening to The Zero Hour, a presentation of the Mutual Broadcasting System in association with Hollywood Radio Theater. Heard every weekday at this time. Rod Serling is your host. Zero Hour is produced and directed by Elliot Lewis. The Hollywood Radio Theater theme was played by Ferranti and Teicher and is now available on United Artists Records and Tapes. Hugh Douglas speaking. Tune in tomorrow and once again, rest your eyes and listen here to The Zero Hour. This is the Mutual Broadcasting System.